0: I got to be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of musicals, (laughs) you can probably tell that from my accent, I don't know what that meant, but anyway, so, but that movie, The Greatest Showman, that's pretty good, it was really, really good, Alex Deersing and I saw that in the theater a couple years ago, and, and Alex is producing the service, by the way, say hi Alex, he's up there, say hi, yeah, he's peak, I just embarrassed him, never mind. So we sat there, and we were jamming (laughs) to this song, and I thought, this is the perfect way to open the message, because this is the story of P.T. Barnum. He was the founder of Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus, and I can't think of a greater dreamer or a pioneer in American history than this guy. The dreams were huge, as you saw uh, in that clip, and um, a pioneer, somebody that, I mean, he, he did things... That no one had ever done before and that's what we're talking about today as uh, as we have a message on on dreams and being dreamers and pioneers. My name's Darren. I am a staff member here at the church and I haven't preached in 6 years. This this is how desperate they're getting. I mean, you know it's late June, baby. Woo! This could be a bad Sunday for you. I hope not. But I'm putting this message, I'm putting this message together and I'm I'm telling Nathan, well, you know, because I, I preached at my old church all the time, but it that, that doesn't really matter. I said, Nathan, that's like going into the doctor's office when you have a physical and, and you say, Doc, let me tell you about 1998. I was 125 pounds, could run eight miles in 55 minutes, which is true. And the doctor's looking at you and saying, yeah, you, you couldn't do that now if I strapped a jet engine to your back. Not going to happen. So if you don't use it, you lose it. A lot of rust going on up here, but every cloud has a silver lining. Who's heard that before? I just made it up. Yeah, every cloud has had a silver lining. Here's yours, all right? I don't preach near as long as Nathan or Rick. You guys are good today. All right, here's the averages. <clears throat> so, and <laughs> for the last six years, it's been 37 minutes, but as soon as he turned 40, it's going up to 30. You know how golfers try to shoot their age? He's trying to preach his age, and I can't figure it out. So it's, it's, it, you have to hold him accountable because it's going up and up. Rick is 32 minutes every single week on the dot. That's 65 years of experience. And um, I'm about 28 to 30. So just based on this chart, you've you gained 10 minutes today. You'll get to lunch quicker, get the yard mode faster. Man, it'll be good. But uh, here's the other uh, silver lining. If I bomb, I'm going, we're going to Hilton Head. I'll be gone for the next two weeks. Just like everybody else in Ohio, you won't see me, I won't see you. Have a little time to heal, so it'll be nice. But really, it it is an honor to bring the message today and and a message from the Word of God. And and if you're a guest this morning, thank you so much for checking us out. If you haven't, and I I try to to do this, or we all try to do this, I should say. Summer's kind of hit and miss. You know, you're here, people are on vacation, it's kind of back and forth. And we're at the end of this series, and this series was called Four, and so the reason we decided to do this is because so many times churches are known for what they're against and, and they kind of get a bad rap and my church doesn't believe in this and we're against this. So we've been trying to say, okay, we're for all of these things. So we've been saying, we're for you. We want this to be a place where you can grow spiritually. We want this to be a place where you can grow closer to God. If, if you've been away from God for a while, you can, you can find your way back to God here and that uh, we can facilitate that for you. We want to be for our community. So we have a campus here in Ross, we have a campus up in Colerain, and we want to be a positive place. At Colerain, we want to be a positive place in Ross. So we, we're for our community. We want it, want it to, to be known that we're here for them. And then we said, we're for common ground. And in, in, in a world now that is so divided, we are, we are as divided as a country as we've ever been. You all know this, I mean, we're divided by race, We're divided by culture. We're divided by gender. We're divided by politics. And we want to be a place where we can find common ground. So here at the church, we can all be together. We can all love each other. We can all have this experience of, of people who have faith in Jesus Christ. And we can find common ground. And I get to preach on the best one today. I'm glad they saved it for me. But it's at White Oak, we are for building dreams. We are for building dreams. So uh, God wants us to be a church of dreamers and, uh, and pioneers like you saw in the clip. I try to do this every time I preach, and I haven't done it in six years. We'll see how it goes. But um, this, this is the Bible, and I, I really want to make this clear before we, we get started that um, if this book isn't true, okay, if this book is not reliable, if we cannot trust this book as the Word of God to guide us and direct us in our lives, then, then we might as well go to lunch now. There's absolutely no reason for us to be here if this is not true. This, this book tells us who God is. It tells us how much he loves us. It tells us who we are. Why am I here? What am I doing here? What's, what's the meaning of life? It's all here. It, it's found in this book. It tells us who Jesus is, why he had to come, what he had to do. He had to save us from our big problem. And make no mistake, and we we live in a world today that says, you don't have a problem. Just, Just be who you are. Be a good person, and you're fine. I don't want to burst your bubble at the beginning of the message, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we all have a problem that has to be solved, and that problem is sin because it's messed up our relationship with God, and that's why Jesus had to come. It tells us about the church. So much of what we do every single Sunday, from communion to giving an offering to singing songs to hearing a message to praying all this stuff they were doing it from the beginning and we find that here so if if we can't rely on this book we don't need to be here this book is the word of god it has the power to transform our life and so that's why we're here Let's throw the scripture up today this is this is the foundation of the whole message this is from hebrews twelve two. fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. It looks like a very, very small passage. Your life group could do a year on this. I mean, it, it is absolutely, it is absolutely rich. And there, there's a word that, that I want, that I hope jumps out at you. And, and I don't want to assume everybody knows about the Bible today, so we'll do a short little lesson here. The Bible's not written in English. The Bible was written, the Old Testament in Hebrew and in Aramaic and the New Testament in Greek. So this verse was translated from Greek to English. And Bible translators have two major things that they want to do. They want to be as accurate as possible. And two, they want to pick the word that you're going to get the most. And I like this translation the best cuz I, I mean I'm putting this message together. I know what a pioneer is immediately and it's translated it's translated author I saw a couple of weeks ago, it's translated one of the modern versions, Champion. It's translated Founder, but I think this is the best one, and I'll tell you why. You know how your brain never forgets anything? I'm putting this message together, and I'm remembering elementary school, and I feel like every single lesson we had in elementary school had to do with pioneers. And then you get to middle and high school, and they stop talking about it. Every lesson. I mean, I had to take Indiana history, I'm, I'm a Hoosier, so I had to take Indiana history. It was all about pioneers and the people that settled our state. And we learned about, or- we learned about the Oregon Trail in fourth grade, and it was all about pioneers. And then we, we learned about Jackie Robinson, did a book report on him, that the guy that broke the color barrier, the first African-American in Major League Baseball. He's a pioneer in his field. Right? We learned about Sally Ride, the first female astronaut. Loved her; she was amazing. She was the she was a pioneer in her field, the first one. Neil Armstrong. I mean, Neil lived right down the road here for years in Indian Hill. He was a professor at UC. The fiftieth anniversary coming up. The guy walked on the moon. The Christopher Columbus of our day and age. And uh, some people believe the greatest human achievement. I, I think Jesus dying on the cross pretty much trumps that. But it's it, it's pretty it's pretty good. It's pretty good. He he walked on the moon and so as i'm thinking back to elementary school i also remember what i thought every single time my teacher gave a lesson on this can you picture your teacher in this in in the classroom and she's reading from a textbook or you're watching the walt disney version of of something in class or, or you have to do an assignment at home and you're reading and every single time every time i read about pioneers you know what i thought those, those were incredible people, but I, I could never do that. Tho, those were amazing people. These stories are incredible, but I'm, I'm not special like they were. Th- they're so much more gifted than I am and so much more talented, and, and they're so much smarter than I am. I could never, ever be a pioneer, and I thought that way from the time I was a kid all the way to young adulthood and, and until three years ago, that's what I believed. That's what I thought. And, and I want to tell you today that if, if you feel that way, if you feel that you can't be you, because here's the deal. You are no different than Neil Armstrong, Jackie Robinson, Lewis and Clark. You are no different. They were simply people who had a gifting by God and they used that gifting to make their dream come true. That's all it was. And you all have been given the same gifting. And God wants to build a dream. Maybe he already is. Build a dream inside of you to see it come true. And the Bible talks about this all the time. All the time. We see this throughout the Bible in the Old and New Testament. God promising these amazing blessings if we trust him and follow him. I'm going to throw a few up there for you. Here's a couple, I think, from uh, the Old Testament. Psalm 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Another Old Testament, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Here's one from Matthew from the New Testament, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Proverbs sixteen three. commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established, and then one of the most famous ones, we say this all the time, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, these verses command us to have our eyes fixed on God's dreams so they can ultimately become ours. When our eyes are fixed on God and his purposes, we remember what he has called us to do as dreamers and as pioneers. So think about that. That's kind of the intro, kind of, kind of have that rattle around. And I want to tell you my, uh, my pioneer story. So Three years ago, uh, 2016, summer 2016, my wife and I became pioneers. Uh, I told you before, I, I never thought I could do something. I never thought God would do this in my life. And three years ago, it actually happened. My wife and I became pioneers. We became the first people in our family to adopt a child from Africa. It had never happened before. In the history of our family, it hasn't happened since. We were the first ones to do this. And I'm telling you, it's truly amazing as we were going through this process. It took about two and a half years to get her home. My daughter's name is Rose. I should have put a picture up here. We have a really good one of her looking real sassy. She got her hair done because, you know, now she's she's a spoiled American. But um, I'm I'm serious. So anyway, that's one of the things that happens. (laughs) But two and a half years it took to bring her home. And I'm sitting there wondering, God, why, how could this possibly be part of your plan? Why does it take so long? Why is it so hard? And over this time, here's what he's doing. He's reminding me all the times from a young age when he was building this dream of my life. I still remember seeing people walking around. I would always ask my mom, well, I, I eventually asked my mom because I, I would see a man and a woman and then I would see two kids that looked like them. And then there would be a third kid that didn't look anything like them. And so I remember asking my mom once, so what, what does that mean? And she said, oh, that they probably adopted him. He, you know, he, and, and, you know, and I said, well, what, what does that mean? And she said, well, he didn't have anything. He didn't have a family. And they, they brought him into their family. And as a kid, I thought that was so cool. I, it, was, it was so amazing, I couldn't even wrap my, my head around it. That somebody who didn't have a family didn't have anything. And they could, they could be part of, of that family. And then when I started to meet my wife, we, we were dating and we were talking. And you know how you share your dreams when you're, when you're uh, first meeting and dating and all that stuff? And she shared with me that God had put a, a, a desire in her heart to adopt. God was building that dream in her. And I said, well, it's the same with me. I, I said, he, he's building that dream. I, I, I want to adopt too. And, and we got really, I mean, it was incredible. We got so excited about that when we first got to know each other and we eventually became engaged and the dream just got bigger and bigger and we got married. And so the original plan was, okay, we're going to have two biological children and then we're going to adopt after that. So sounded good to me. So we tried and tried and tried to get pregnant. Now, nah, Baba, na, didn't happen tried and tried and we finally got to the point where we said well this must be god's plan this must be what god was saying he 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 knows we can't have kids and so he wants us to adopt so we completely gave up completely and totally gave up got ready to start the adoption process what happens jonathan comes along wow well it's a blessing i mean it's a healthy baby we loved him he was nice and quiet didn't annoy us too much so, um, and we said, well, maybe the old plan is good, so we'll, we'll have another child, and so we try for another child, and can't do it. <laughs> we did it once, why can't we do it? So we can't get pregnant a second time, and we're try- so this must be it, God, this must be what you're saying. So we gave up, and we got ready to start that process again, and here comes Owen. Oh, a lot more wild. And uh, <laughs> sure this was your plan, God, and so... But no, two healthy boys and, and, and just an incredible family. And I'll be honest with you, at that time, the dream for me started to dissipate a little bit. It, it started to cool, this dream that God had been building in me for a long time. And to my wife's credit, she constantly said, well, when, when are we going to do this? Because it, it hadn't cooled for her. Because this is a long process, we have to start it. When's it going to happen? And, and I remember saying, "Well, it's just not. It's not the right time. It's not the right time." And she would ask me again, when, "When's it going to happen?" I said, eh, "Honey, it's just you know financially, you know, and all the myriad of problems of having a having a family and, and figuring out life." And I said, "It's just not the right time." And then God started to speak to me about it, and I distinctly remember the Holy Spirit asking that same question: "What when?" When are you going to do this? And then I told God it wasn't the right time. And that's not really a good thing to do. It, it's, it's actually bad. It's, it's, it's not a good thing. Because the second time he spoke to me, it was, it, was, it was a little more forceful. The conviction was a little hotter there. And it basically went like this. This dream was never about your timing. It was about my timing. In fact, it, it wasn't about you at all. It was about this dream that I wanna have come true and I wanna make it come true through you. And I've been building this dream in you and in your wife for years and years and years. Now, are, are you gonna walk out on faith and trust me or not? And that was a hard one because you see, at that time, I, I knew what international adoption was. I knew it was basically a full-time job. You would not believe how involved it is. It's unbelievable. And I knew three other major things. I knew it was gonna be very, very costly, I knew we were going to have to go very far away and I knew we were going to have to bring this child into our home that did not have anything and that was, that was a whole other can of worms. It was just getting the family dynamics and everything and all this is running through my mind and God's saying, yeah, but are you going to step out in faith and trust me? You know, The hardest thing I've ever had to do, to top it all off, you're a pioneer. So Nobody else has done it before. So you're trying to explain this to your family. They don't 100% buy in. They don't 100% get it. And and you don't quite have the support that you want. But we decided to do it. We decided to walk out on faith. And and I'll tell you, it was the most amazing decision for two reasons. Number one, and this this is the biggest one, I never understood my salvation. I never understood who I was as an adopted child of God through my relationship with Jesus until I went through the process. You see, he said the same thing to me. For me, it was costly. I I had to die. For me, I had, it was far away. It was a long journey. See, I had to leave heaven and I had to come here to do it. And three, you had nothing without me. And yet I submitted to God. I... I became the pioneer that we read about. My dream of you came true because I stepped out in faith to God. I never understood my salvation more than until I stepped out in faith, and we adopted Rose. It was incredible. Here's the second thing. The second thing is, adoption's not a one-time thing. It's something that happens, and then the blessings continue and continue. It, it, it's just incredible. I, I mentioned Neil Armstrong earlier. I heard a radio interview with his son, Mark, this week. After he got home from the moon, he got 10,000 fan letters a day. It was him and a secretary in his office. It, it's unbelievable. But I tell you, the volume wasn't the thing that made the most impression. Because, see, I'm a pioneer, so I get him. The, yeah, because I understand um, it, it was. How in the world are you supposed to explain what it was like to go to the moon to somebody? How do you tell them that if they're not on the journey? That's part of being a pioneer. It, people don't 100% get it until they until they do a journey themselves. And that's what God wants. He wants all of us to step out in faith. And, and see, for me, if I were Neil, Neil Armstrong, I would be very, very tired of answering those letters. I don't know if he got tired, but for me, I am never tired. I never get exhausted of talking about adoption because the blessings continue. It's amazing. She, she, I don't know if you know anything about my daughter, and if you don't, that, that's okay, but I'll give you a little background. She's an absolute mystery. I mean, left at a police station... This, we don't know anything about her mom, nothing about her dad. She will never know anything about them, her grandparents, her brothers, sisters, nothing. She will, and, and she's going to have to square with that one day, and that's going to be tough. She, she will know nothing. But the second we adopted her, she had everything. She had all that. She, she had a mom. She had a dad. She had grandparents, cousins. She has two brothers that she annoys terribly. I mean it. But she, she didn't have that before. Now she's got it. Here's the supernatural piece. Get this. I'm going to be careful not to fall off the stage here. This is, how do you do this every week? So, I love her as much as I love my biological children. How is that possible? It's possible by the power of God. It's the only way. When my wife and I die, she gets the same amount of inheritance as, as my other kids, which, which is a big deal. You know, my wife being a teacher and I'm a pastor, you can imagine the size of our estate. <laughs> it's a big deal. It kind of hurt my feelings. You laughed that hard. But, um, <clears throat> but that's how God works through his people. He asks them to step out. So he builds the dream. Then he asks them to step out in faith. And live the life of a dreamer and a pioneer. And see, as a pioneer, you can't be scared of the unfamiliar. You have to be intrigued by it. And I realized that by stepping out in faith to be a pioneer, I don't have to be special like I thought before. I'm already special. I'm, I'm loved by him. But I don't need anything else. I just need to be willing to be used by God. When he gives you that dream, he asks you to walk out on faith and trust him make it happen so God built a dream in our hearts he built a dream in our hearts I want to ask you what dream is he building in you today I really want to make it practical today it it can't be a message that goes that goes by the wayside we have to make it practical here's the deal it's really hard for White Oak not to preach sermons like this because we are a church of pioneers and dreamers okay so this place that you're sitting in right now this campus we would not be here none of us would be here if somebody didn't have a dream and if there weren't a group of pioneers willing to carry it out wouldn't happen so if you know anything about the history of our church we had a campus in Colerain for years and years and years we knew that the Ross area needed a thriving church ask my wife she grew up here there's never been a church that's done what White Oak is doing right now it's absolutely from God but it never would have happened if somebody didn't have a dream and people weren't willing to carry it out and step out in faith would not have happened we're a place of pioneers and dreamers. So it's hard not to preach on the subject. So let me ask this. Let's get really practical. What is your dream? We are building a building as we speak. We're designing this building very, very soon. I mean, you know how how time flies. We're going to be in this building. I'm not asking you to wait till then, but is God building something in your heart right now? You realize that having a permanent facility is so much different than a rented space there's going to be new ministry opportunities there's going to be new ways to jump in there's going to be new things happening is he asking you to pioneer something is he building that dream now again i'm not asking you to wait but is he already saying this is what i want you to do when we're there what's white oak's dream don't get me wrong I am so excited for this building. It's going to be wonderful. You talk about 10 years, blood, sweat, and tears, and we've been thinking about it, planning it, and now it's going to happen. But what's after? I mean, surely that building's not where we stop, right? I mean, if we're pioneers and we're settlers, we're, we're not just going to stop there, right? We're not going to go from white oak coal range uh, to white oak ross and we had our green township campus for a while made a huge impact on the west side and and now we've got a permanent facility surely we're thinking about what's next B- because god is and and this is his dream and i want to share that with you this is his dream right here uh, wrong scripture i missed that one guys let's go to the next one let's do the next one this is his dream go into all the world and preach the gospel all creation. He wants to see this happen. So while I love where we're going, and I, I love this building, and I'm, I'm so excited, we have to be thinking today, what now, and what's next? What now, and what's next? Can I share with you, I want to share with you my dream today. I, I really do, and I, I wasn't going to do this, and I didn't tell him I was going to do this, so but, you know, I'll be in Hilton Head for, t- well, I guess they could fire me from Hilton Head. Anyway, so, yeah, okay, so, oh, whatever. So, take a chance. And this is only a dream. I've only shared this with a couple of people. But uh, what if, what if on the first day we're in that building? Let's say, let's say it's Easter Sunday morning. Let's say the word is out, and we've we've told everybody in Ross, and people in Hamilton know, people in Fairfield know, people know. Let's say we have 1,000 guests Easter Sunday. We have 10 services. I collapse on the stage. Okay? Think of the drama, right? And at the end of every one of the services, Nathan comes up. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this. And he brings 80 people to the stage. And he says, oh, we we thank you. We thank you so much for being a part of the first service in this new building. And it it seems like we finally arrived. But guess what? We've only just begun. These 80 people, these 80 pioneers, have a dream to continue to reproduce White Oak somewhere else. And they want to use this building as the launching pad for the next journey oh man what if that happened what if that happened we have so many people in this place saying what now and what next what if what if the destination became just another part of the journey because at this church we are a church of dreamers and we're a church of pioneers Wouldn't that be amazing? Because when it comes to following God and pioneering and seeing dreams come true, the question is, are our best days in front of us or are our best days behind us? And we have to ask that question. Are our best days in front of us or are they in the past? And as Christians, we got to keep moving and moving and asking that question. Let me throw this up here. This is a way to remember this sermon. If you forget everything else, kind of a condensed way, this is it. When your memories exceed your dreams, the end is near. When your dreams exceed your memories, you pioneer. When your memories exceed your dreams, the end is near. When your dreams exceed your memories, you pioneer. Are we pioneers or are we settlers? Are we asking what now and what next? Because see, as Christians, we have to have itchy feet. We have to keep thinking that because we have an example and our example is the greatest pioneer Jesus and his greatest dream, you and me. And you saw in that scripture, he wants us to go into the nations and preach and preach. What now? What next? Let's pray. And then I want to lead us into our time of reflection as we talk about Jesus, the greatest pioneer. Father God, you are, you are incredible. A million dreams are keeping me awake. I think of that song. I think about Oh, so many opportunities we have not to, not to only continue our ministry in Cold rain, but also Ross and, and to think about what's next. Maybe, maybe in Hamilton, maybe in Fairfield, maybe in Oxford, I don't know. But I know that, that you're a God that builds dreams inside of us. You're a God that wants a lot of firsts. And I pray that you would convict us. And we thank you so much for calling us to something greater than we have planned.